0: Hello everybody, this is Andy Lopez, and you're listening to Don't Panic, It's Organic. The music you hear in the background is called Cosmic Answering Service, and I'll play it all the way through from beginning to end at the end of the show. So thank you very much for tuning in to uh, my show. Okay, so today we're going to be talking uh, uh, about a bunch of things. Uh, First, I'm going to go over the contest with you. So as you know, we have a monthly contest. Uh, the winners are notified via email, so make sure you look at that uh, that you don't, uh, you know, our email is not getting blocked because it's, it's spam or something. And uh, once a month, we pick a winner, both from the general public and from uh, our members. The uh, general public's public will, of course, win a uh, free lifetime membership. And our members will get the organic grower's kit, it's a $200 value. Uh, I know that the uh, the contest, uh, the it's not exactly a fair contest because if you're a general public, you win a lifetime membership, and that's $20. Uh, but if you're a member, you get you get a $200 uh, kit. So I guess that's the value of being a member, one of the values, right? But anyway, that's what happens. Once a month, we pick... Well, here's the thing, other, other thing, too, is that I usually pick... Um, well, wait a second. So the winner, yeah, right. So uh, I usually um, would pick. It depend, I did I, at the beginning of the month. I determine how many people are going to win. See, uh, so currently what we're doing now is that anybody who enters wins. So it'd be free. So you're going to get free lifetime membership simply by entering the contest. But here's the, here's the secret, and that's 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 why you're listening to the show. One of the reasons is to understand the secret on how to get to win the lifetime membership so all you have to do if you're not a member you go to invisiblegardener.com and make sure you spell it right invisible like invisible man and gardener like in your gardener g-a-r-d-e-n-e-r and you 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 sign up to receive the newsletter say you know get our newsletter and you and one of the boxes there that you can click on is contest then the, the, then I'll send you some contest information about what's going on in contests. But because you're ent- you know you you know the secret, what you have to need to do is when you're somewhere on there, there'll be a place to you allow you to make a comment or a request. So all you had to do is say, "I would like to win." I heard you on on don't panic, it's organic, and I want the free lifetime membership, please. And I will respond back with you If you have one and you follow the instructions you'll get a free lifetime membership which means amongst other things that you will get uh the uh, access to my 22 ebooks the latest one is called don't panic its organic it's already an ebook version actually i printed it out in the print version but then i decided to change the format and i'll tell you guys all about it a little bit in, later on in the show about the book but you'll get that uh, when you join you get access to all 21 or 22 ebooks that's up there amongst other things you'll get access to um the the, the forums you can allow to you know to, to talk in the forum um when you when I do a blog there's a comment section you can enter your your comments or questions there uh we basically do an online class so as a member you you this is what it's all about it's helping you to do it organically and uh, and of course if you're already a member and you and to enter the contest all you have to do is send me email right Send an email to Andy Lopez at com, in the subject you write, uh, members radio show. And you, ideally, you should ask me, you can ask me a question since you're talking to me then, but you can say, I enter me in your monthly contest. I would like a grower's kit, please. See? A free grower's kit. And so once a month, I'll pick a winner. I don't mention him, uh, I only will mention, I should mention the first name, you know. Um, I think it was uh, uh, Connie from Massachusetts last month. I uh, have written down here, so I won't That's all I do. That's all I mention is your name and maybe where on the planet you're from. <laughs> uh, but for the, the the lifetime winners, I don't. I, I don't. I'm not going to mention everybody's name. I don't think it will do good for me to send for Julie from Montana. Julie, you, know, you should sit there doing doing that. But right now, anybody who enters wins. So this is your chance to get a free lifetime membership and access to all my books and everything I have set up there for you. Uh, members also get, so when you join, if you were to join for $20, which is not a lot, it's a good way to help support what I'm doing here. Uh, so when you sign up, when you join, I, I know it says yesterday a few people join. I'm still waiting to see for them to sign up because once you join, you get a, a, a link, that uh, you get a user ID and password that lets you log into the, website you need to immediately log to the members page you get a link to show takes you to the members page on the members page one of the things you have to do is subscribe to the podcast a members podcast so that you can get uh all the shows you get you get this radio show you get the free general public radio show any shows i do whether i'm a guest on other shows you'll get that you'll get all the inner guarding songs because i do several songs a week you'll get that uh, when I do the audiobooks, um, you'll get that because I do an audiobook uh, once uh, once a week also and you you know you don't need to join to get it you want it to just pay two dollars a month for the inner gardening one or two dollars a month for the um, audiobook one or you could do like a lot of people do they subscribe so rather than joining they pay two dollars a month and they get all the all these shows they'll get instead of a, you know cuz if you don't want to join you just want to get the show so that's all you do you pay $2 a month and you'll get the members podcasts, you know the show the the gardening shows and stuff like that you get the inner gardening shows and the all audio, the audiobook shows see you'll get those or you can pay I don't see why you would want to pay individually for each one but maybe you just don't you don't, you don't want to have all the shows maybe you just want the inner gardening music right or maybe you just want to do the audiobook you don't want to do all the other stuff so that we have a choice okay and so um, don't forget uh, on my website we have super seaweed I talk a lot about that microbiological activator uh, I'm having all types of uh, really good prices up there now for super seaweed I also have the rock dust blend the super seaweed is uh, $50 a quart, uh, $30 a pint, or $20 for the 8-ounce sampler. Uh, and then we have a rock dust blend, which is a blend of rock dust. But it's not just rock dust that's blended. I have all types of microbes that I blend with it too, so it's a microbiological rock dust blend. <laughs> okay, uh, And it's meant to add it to the soil, but yes, you can make a liquid out of it and spray it. And then, of course, we have the grower's kit. Now, the grower's kit is basically a quart of the super seaweed, and the rock dust, uh, the gro- the rock dust blend. You usually get five pounds of rock dust blend. See, so you'll get, you'll get the uh, the grow, you get the quarter of the super seaweed, and you get the rock dust blend. That's a hundred dollars for the one kit at one time. And th- it, that's a good way to order because you save on shipping because you just pay one price for the bulk rate. Otherwise, for the uh, if you order super seaweed and and the grow and the rock dust separately, I. St- you end up getting the Raqtas two packages. Uh, and uh, and remember, if you're not a member it's still twenty dollars for a lifetime. Okay, so then on today's show, Today's show I'm going to be talking to you about hard pan uh, and uh, be talking to you about topsoil and uh, I'll be doing uh, the refractometer diary and then uh, trees and water. Okay and then later on I'll talk to you a little bit about the, my newsletter, what's going on in the newsletter and talk to you a little bit more about the, uh, my latest book, Don't Panic. It's Organic. So hard pan. So I've been talking a lot lately about hardpan and explaining to people what hardpan is and how to control it and to remove it. <clears throat> if you don't know what heart pan is, look it up. Uh, Google it. <laughs> but basically I, what I tell people is that if you get to, here in Southern California, so heart pan is not nothing uh, it's not a common to everywhere. It has to have certain specific conditions to get hardpan. Uh, here in Southern California, we have the perfect conditions because we have clay soil and you know what happens if you had clay and water and then you heat it up you end up with porcelain or you know hard you know like uh pottery that's why it's called a hard pan and and so it's a condition that you know it's, really brought about, of course, the heat as it gets hotter and hotter. Here in, in Malibu, for example, it never gets 100 degrees, but it has been in the last year. And this year, I think it would be that way too. Lots of other places in the Southern California area. I'm not sure if Northern California has a clay soil, but I do know that Southern California does have clay soil. And so what happens is you, 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 people are watering on a regular basis. Some people are on a daily basis. And they're only watering a little bit of water on a daily basis. So yeah, you add water to the clay. You don't water deep enough to let it go down deep enough. You get a surface that when the heat comes up, it just bakes that area. Eventually, it takes a, maybe a year or two to harden really so that nothing goes through it. No air, no water, nothing. And then the trees start to die. So that's what heart pain is. And the way you control it, first of all, is you'd you'd be uh, preventative rather than reactive, which basically means that you need to set up your uh, watering cycle differently for trees than you do for the rest of the soil. It's one of the things I'll be talking about a little while called trees and water. Okay, because we are watering, basically over-watering our trees. And if you drive around the countryside, you're going to see, or anywhere in the city, you're going to see trees, and nobody's still doing anything to it, certainly not watering them, and they're doing really great. As a matter of fact, lots of them are doing really, really great if they're being left alone by us humans. Okay, so that means they're getting the water from below ground, the root systems. Uh, with the recent rain that we have, they refilled some of the underground water. And that's how the trees get their water with their deep roots down into the soil. And so, uh, So you have to water differently. You have to take into account... How you get the hard pan in the first place, and what you need to do over a short—I t- always tell people—short-term. There are short-term and long-term solutions. So the short-term is you you, you pay attention to the tree, and you—and you foliar spray the tree, uh, so, so you can start getting nutrition in there, and you immediately set it up on a different watering cycle. That means you hook you don't use sprinkler system, but you hook it into a drip system. The drip system should at least be at least two gallon per hour, maybe up to six gallon per hour, Some of these new drip systems now, which are meant to be buried, so sub irrigation system. Let's check out Rainbird; they have a r- brand new system, are meant to be buried. So you put these around the base of the tree, not necessary up against the trunk, but usually between. Uh, first line goes around the tree halfway between the drip system. Uh, the trunk and the drip system. The second line could be right at the drip drip line. By drip system, I mean drip line could be right at the drip line of the tree, or a little bit further out from the tree. The trees really, you know, are getting too much water and not deep enough water. And so if you was to set it up where it would get watering even once a week, it's too much. But but basically, you want to start at a certain point. Because ideally, ideally, the trees you can water once a month, and it's more than enough for the trees. And you only really water them once a month during certain times of the year. The rest of the time, of the year, you leave them alone, because if it rains and stuff like that, you don't need to touch them. When it rains, most people don't know that, but when it rains, the tree, you know, you don't, a tree you have plenty of water for a month or two, if not three. It depends on your environment, where you're at, the clay soil, and all that stuff, where it holds moisture and stuff. That's the other thing. I I think I mentioned, uh, yeah, the next thing is topsoil. That's why I'll be talking about topsoil. It depends on your topsoil condition, your condition is in. why I call it cosmic answering service I just wrote this song late last night and finished it this morning it's a nice song I like it okay so <clears throat> you need to for so for there's short-term and long-term solutions. see so the short-term solution is to make sure that the tree first of all is getting the deep watering and and, and also the, the food and the mineral that it needs that's why you want to do the foliar spraying um, foliar spraying can be done in many different ways um, but uh, uh, on the internet, uh, you, you Google it, you'll find that lots of different equipments you can buy from different type of sprayer that you put water in it that spray out to different types of units. Uh, one of them is called a fertigation unit. Um, It's what I was using when I was young, basically, before I got, you know, a vehicle and be able to do stuff. I had a bicycle, so I I, I would buy, not necessarily, not that far back with the fertigation units, which just started in the 70s, I think. So what I did was I bought, there's a brass unit that you can buy that you can hook up to the bib, and it's got a little line that comes out into into a bucket. And so as you turn the water on, it siphons the, the stuff out of the bucket and goes out into the the hose, and you have a little tip on it, and you spray. I did that for a long time. Make my mixtures in there. Sque- you know, it we'll would go out. I would make my compost tea, and it was really easy to do. The biggest problem with that is uh, you can never really determine the mixtures, you know, the a percentage of what is going through there. It's just a certain amount that goes through there. And then you are limited to the length of hose, not more than 20 feet. So then as, <coughs> as I started doing more of the stuff later on, in and uh, like I said, I got out of the service. When I got out of the service at 70, <coughs> I uh, I uh, would basically buy a 100-gallon a, a, a spraying unit with a motor on it that would pump the water out, compress it uh, 500, 600, 700 psi, uh, so you can shoot up to the top of the tree. And so you had 100 gallons, and you know how much of a mixture, you know, what type of formulation to do. That's how I got started with the Super sea Week, was when I was, uh, when i in the ninth grade, I started doing my business. And there's no, you know, uh, I start. I think, I'm not sure if in the ninth grade I was reading Rodale. I don't think so. I don't remember what I was reading in those days. It's very possible. I know in the 70s, when I got out of service, yeah, I was reading Rodale. Um so, uh, but at that time, there's so, you know, you went you to the store and you said, I was organic. I was never a chemical to begin with, so I was always organic. I would go there and I say, uh, I started doing um, my parents' uh, property, doing the garden, you know, and people come over and say, hey, you want to come and do my place? And I go, well, uh, how much you'll give me for it? Well, how much you want? Well,. Uh, it, it didn't take long. I I was I was I I was charging twenty five an hour, and they said that's very expensive. And I said, well, that's what I want. <laughs> you you don't want to know. I don't charge by hour anymore. See, throughout every, throughout my history, I I would every ten years raise my I would raise it, and so um. But anyway, I I in in and that t- during that time, I I wasn't. I was doing the foliar spraying to some extent because my parents. My mother's from Puerto Rico, my dad's from Cuba, and I used to end up going t- to Puerto Rico a lot. I think t- I went to Cuba a few times uh, before it was impossible to go. But um, basically, they had big organic gardens, and they would lear- they would spray the plants with all kinds of things, from milk to coffee. I mean, they never coffee, for example. They they would you know use the coffee grinds, putting them around the ground. Or they would uh, make a big batch of coffee and spray plants with coffee uh since they had cattle you know they had goats and all kinds of other creatures uh they would you know make use use all kinds of their parts it was sometimes when they when they slaughter them you know to cook they would they have blood and they would spray the blood um uh, i I think I remember they they stored the pea and sprayed the pea in a certain way um I certainly remember the 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 milk. <laughs> Uh, You can spray with milk. Um, There are tons of stuff, including, and not limited to, herbs, because they would take herbs, make a tea out of it. So a lot of times they'll make a tea for themselves, make another batch of the herb, you spray it on the plant, or a mixture of the two. So I learned how to foliar spray early on in my life. So when I started doing my my gardening at home around my parents' house, I would go in there and get a cup of milk and go out and spray plants with milk, uh, definitely coffee, because they were into all kinds of coffee, and had all kinds of coffee grinds. And then I, you know, my mother was into herbs, and I was into herbs to some extent. So I learned to use, uh, make herbs from different, you know, make a tea from different types of herbs that were growing around. But anyway, it wasn't. But by the ninth grade, I had 150 customers. That's all I remember. They were more or less, but that was a lot. And I remember doing around 25 customers a week. And it wasn't a gardening service. I would go to their place and spray their property. The base, mainly they had a little home, you know, the uh, most places weren't very big. I doubt if it was even a quarter acre or, or tenth of an acre. You know how, this is Hialeah, Florida. If any of you guys know Hialeah, Florida or any places, you know that they're just a little, little yard. People have little yards and so it was easy for me to go for a half hour and spray a place. Like I usually do in a week, do 25. That means I could do five of them a day, right? I go go to five places and in, in those days, you know, of course, you go to school and stuff like that. So uh, I would be after school on Saturdays or Sundays that I would go do it. Uh, I think it was 150 customers at the height. Uh, you know, when you first start, you have to build up. So I think I may have had like 25, 30, 40 customers for a long time and slowly would go up. It went up to 150. I like to say 150. Okay, I'm bragging. Okay, so it's probably, you know fluctuated in the 30s and 40s customers after a while you lose track uh, you know, i i would say you lose track but you don't really you always know how many customers you have you know and then uh i stopped that in the uh well let's see ninth grade uh, no uh, i i was i did uh high school too and i went in the service in 50s uh 68 uh when i uh, when i uh did uh, I think it was twelfth uh, grade, eleventh grade, twelfth grade? I didn't graduate from high school. I didn't get my last year uh, high school. I think that's twelfth grade. Okay, so I, I got my uh, high school GED in uh, a service, <laughs> and I I got out of the service in 1970, and uh, in 1970 is how I got the name Invisible Gardener. So up until then, I didn't have Invisible Gardener. It was just give me my money, <laughs> cash. <laughs> <coughs> But in 1970, I started. Um, oh, my my little, my computer just went off on me. I don't know what it's doing. Hello. <laughs> in 1970, I basically um, started Invisible Garden. But what I really did was I started a church. I'm actually an ordained minister, uh, and the, the church was a charitable, religious, and educational organization. Uh, the um, charitable, I still do. I give. I, I give a lot. I believe in giving. Uh, the educational, that's how uh, I started the Living Institute of Survival Technology. This is a school which we do now. It's online classes, and stuff like that. And then Invisible Gardener is, the is the arm of the school that practices what it teaches and also comes up with the, these methods of doing things. And so I've been doing Invisible Gardener since 1970. Uh, that's why I have around 22 books now. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, the... Um, Hard pan, (laughs) remember that? (laughs) Uh, So if you do have, you know, there's a way to find out if you have hard pan. If your your trees are suffering, uh, you think there's something wrong, first thing you have to do is check on the watering. Make sure you're not over-watering. If you're watering every day, a little bit on a regular basis, or if you think you're watering the lawn and that's all it needs for the tree, you need to rethink. The tree needs to be on their own deep watering system. They should not be watered more than once a week or once a month, depending upon your soil condition. If you have healthy soil, once a month, good deep watering is more than enough. Uh, one of the ways you tell if you have a hard pan would be to uh, do the hard pan test. Uh, basically, uh, what I would do is uh, get a post hole digger, and you dig, make a uh, you know like you're make like you're going to plant put in a post hole. But there's a hole that you leave, but leave it the the hole there, fill it with water, see if it drains. If it, it should just go right down in front of you, it should go it should go straight down. If it sits there, and if it sits there for more than a half hour, or an hour, you have a problem. Okay? And so, one of the things that you need to do immediately, of course, as as I said before, is you want to start fuller spraying your trees. That's why the fertigation unit comes in handy. You put your mixture in there. Uh, and the mixture that goes in there, that's how I, what I, I did in the sixth grade when I started spraying things. I invented my own super seaweed. See, that's my first time I did. Go to the store, you got anything organic? Ah, uh, we have the mirror grow. I go, no, that's not organic. So I started making my own things. So one of the first things I started doing was getting different kinds of liquid seaweed. Nowadays, it's not that easy to go find clean, unradiated liquid seaweed. So I get seaweed for uh, human consumption. and Even then, I, I'm, I'm limited in the amount I can get. And it, I don't think it's going to last for long uh, under these conditions. But seaweed is one of them. that has a variety of sorts of trace minerals and, and uh, microbes. I would get uh, fishy motion, which is without the urea, these are things you can buy in the market. And then I always was looking for uh, natural things in the store that I could use, right? And so there are lots of th- different things you can buy in the store from milk. to You can also get powdered milk, see? And there's lots of other different products that are, you know, at, at that time when I went to, if i now thinking about it, when I would go to a the store, there wasn't an organic store. You go to the store and you're lucky if you find anything organic. So I bought whatever I was getting then as a kid, you know, I figure, well, what can be wrong with sugar or flour or <laughs> maple syrup? That's how we get um, Granny Smith maple syrup. It's, now it's organic, but in those days, the word organic didn't appear to me very much in the in the store. Uh, and, but there are lots of products you can get. T- especially, I remember um, in in in, uh, in uh, Hialeah, I would go to the store and I'd go to the meat in the section in the back, and I would say, "Look, I know that when I go visit my grand." my grandparents in Puerto Rico they would spray blood they would spray all different kinds of things from the animals what do you got over here <laughs> you know uh, cuz a lot of times they uh, they they um if I'm lucky I, I don't remember but I think I would go out to the countryside and talk to their to the you know people had farms and who would do the animals that's so that was the next extension of uh, of my gardening thing because what I would go to the store and I would buy something or talk to the people there, see if I can get blood meal, or I can get, you know, um, whatever products I can use are handy, because I've learned really early and young, there are lots of things that we normally eat that we throw away that can be used in the garden as well. Okay, so I was always already already spraying, because I learned in in school, (laughs) you know, photosynthesis has to do with plants converting light into sugar. I figured, well, they need the sugar. (laughs) At that time, I didn't know anything about BRICS levels, Right. And I'll talk to you a little bit about Bricks Level and the Refract Timer diary coming up. But I knew that they, you know, all the stuff they need, they need. And I also knew that the soil needed, it too, because that's part of the thing that I did, was really work on the soil. Also, too, um, one of the things that I learned early on is that um, coffee, which my family drank a lot, being from Cuba and Puerto Rico, and, of course, from Miami, they drank a lot of coffee there. Coffee is a wonderful tool if you know, learn how to use it. And in those days, of course, again, it wasn't organic coffee. Uh, it was you know, whatever chemically grown, organic, conventionally grown organic, no, conventionally grown coffee was available. Uh, and so, you know, uh, and uh, the more I think about it, I say, well, well, maybe in those days they weren't as toxic as they are now. It's the only thing I can hope for, right? <laughs> but I have a feeling it's not. But organic coffee, if grown organically, it would be rich in a variety of trace minerals, especially iron, magnesium, because they're heavy users. And that, you know, the, what, it, what it means when you're heavy users, the plant's a heavy user, it takes iron, for example, if it uses iron. Or it takes it and puts it in its body, (laughs) and then and then when you use it, and you use it like the liquid or the coffee grinds, it puts it. But you're putting it back in again. That's why banana peels are rich in phosphorus and potassium because they use a lot of it in the production of the plant, and then of course when it, it decomposes, it goes right back to it again. And that's one of the things the soil does. But anyway, the coffee. Uh, another advantage of coffee, especially when you make a, a liquid, is that it's acidic. Um, it's acidic enough that you can use the right type of microbes to spray onto plants. Um, that You want that environment to be slightly acidic. Uh, if it's too alkaline, the, uh, the microbes won't live in that. In, that. The, in the soil, for example, the best pH range for the beneficial microbes is 6.5 to 6.8. So if you have a pH of 6.5 to 6.8, you're going to have the 100% of all the microbes. Above 6.8, 6.9, 7.72, 7.4, and so forth, you're going to get less and less of the good guys and more and more of the bad guys. The same thing with uh, lower pH. There are exceptions to that, of course. So if you have an environment which has always been a very low pH, then the microbes will evolve to be uh, of that type of low pH. A perfect example is gardenia and asalias. These are low pH. They lo- they, that's why they're called acid-loving plants because they are grown in an acid-loving environment. And the microbes are acid-loving, so if you plant them in a different environment than they should be, they won't do well, will they? Okay, so the pan. the way you, you need to take care of the pan. short-term solution would be you make sure that the tree is getting its trace minerals and the food that it needs foliar-wise. So you need. You know, we'll talk to you a little bit more about that in another show. How to do the folder spray and how to how to develop the different types of liquids, but basically I went out and started discovering on my own how to use them and lots of things. Nowadays, you can go to to the store. You can go online, and uh, buy a variety of wonderful uh, organic products, and and there are many different really cool magazines on the on the market now. Which, for example, Acres USA. I'm a good friend of Chuck Walters, who died a long time ago. Now it's Fred Waters, who's running it. Uh, They've been around a long time, but Acres USA. Uh, Every month you get a really cool magazine with tons and tons of information. And all throughout the book you get tons and tons, tons of what organic farmers are using, which is exactly what you want. You'll find sources of microbes, sources of rock dust, Things on about on the refractometer and so on and so forth. A wonderful tool to use. I, w- I would do that. Okay. So you want to uh, help the trees right away by foliar spraying because that's what you do. You spray the nutrition on the leaves. You're doing it the right way. They absorb it immediately. Then at the same time, you want to. Uh, that's a short-term solution. Uh, then the long-term solution, you want to change the watering because it takes a while to get the water down in there. You want to change the soil want to you want to help the soil because more than likely what's happening is you haven't been doing any t- you haven't been replenishing the topsoil topsoil is very important for trees you've been in a forest and they make their own topsoil if you stop them from doing that from blowing the leaves away from cleaning it up underneath nothing builds up in there and you're not adding it yourself yeah you're not going to have any topsoil that's one of the biggest problems we have here in Southern California no topsoil okay uh speaking of uh so that's a the long-term solution is you want to start reintroducing the microbial life back into the soil. You want to get the long-term, the, the you know, the um, lo- long watering period. You want to, you know, trees can handle, say, an hour once a month. Uh, you put tree vents in. I, I call them uh, tree vents, but they're basically, they can either be clay drain pipes. Uh, in Malibu, they're called wine holders, because they're basically our clay dra- clay pipes that can be uh, can extend, extend into the ground. Two, three, four, or five feet. The deeper you can put it in the ground, the better. Uh, and then, uh, in the, the uh, one of the things, uh, the reason I like the clay drain pipes is because uh, the, the act happen to be paramagnetic. I can talk to you a little bit about that on one of my shows. Uh, but basically, it captures the energy of the universe and gives it back out to the plants, to the soil, to the environment. That's that's why it's really good. It helps the trees to become rooted and become grounded, so they can accept the cosmic energies that the trees do. That's what they are, giant antennas. And so, uh, also to you. So you want to reestablish the microbial life in there. You want to start growing mycelium back again. You want to have some mushrooms popping up. So essentially, what you want to do is you want to grow mushrooms on that on your soil. So you do them inside the clay drain pipes. You make a mixture in there that's conducive, which should be co- compost. Um, so different sources of mycelium in there. You have a two gallon power drip, which gives it the water. And, and you, you provide things like the super seaweeds and microbiological activators. You put a little bit of that in there on a regular basis. You see the microbes would be uh, uh, surviving more and more, and they eventually will expand out. You want to have four of them around the base of the tree. The microbial life will expand all around the tree. And you'll find that as the microbial life is functioning better, your trees and everything growing on it would be very, very happy. And that's a long-term solution. It takes you a long time to get into place. So remember, you got took you a long time to get where you're at now. Okay, so if you have any questions about hardpan, you should um, email them to me, and I'm happy to explain to you more on the air. Uh, you're always welcome to go to up to the website because this is this will be posted on the website. And if you're a member, you can just have your question right there the, at the at the bottom of the uh, page, you'll say comments. And say this is I need to know more about hardpan. As a member, you get posted right away. The general public, I basically will take a look at it and make sure you're not spam, and then post it up for you, and answer your question for you, help you out with that. Okay. Um, so then, um, the next thing I'll talk to you about topsoil, and that's as I was saying before, you have to have topsoil if you're going to get. I don't understand a lot of people. They don't seem to understand that trees. Need to be connected to the topsoil. Topsoil is like the skin of your body. You know what happens if you damage your skin? You can have a big problem. And so, what uh, we talk about climate change, we talk about cars and carbon dioxide and what the cars do. But people don't understand that farmers are doing more damage now. There's two things going on Uh, uh, 20% of the carbon dioxide damage is coming from. soil. The soil takes in carbon dioxide. It's called carbon sequestration. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right. But basically what happens is the mycelium, the microbes through a a way that they have evolved over the centuries they take the carbon and they use the carbon to combine it with other minerals to then provide the minerals in a form to the plants that they can eat. And they also, and that carbon stays in the ground after it's being used. So by farmers not farming correctly, i.e., they rotate tilt the soil, which basically releases the carbon, not only releases the carbon back into the air, but also damages the soil and 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 stops the ability of absorbing the carbon. Twenty percent. Another thing that most people don't know is that the ocean t- handles another twenty percent. Actually, the ocean is. More, there's more like 30% or even 40% of the carbon that goes into the ocean through various different methods that the ocean has set up of absorbing the ocean. But now, because we're damaging the ocean through pollution in various different ways, specifically garbage, specifically plastics, right? Uh, specifically the changing of the pH of the water uh in the, the melting of the uh, ice of the glaciers you know glaciers is fresh water remember what happens when you get fresh water you dump it in with salt water it no longer circulates fresh water acts differently than salt water and fresh water is not very good at absorbing carbon but salt water is because of the salt okay so uh, th- th- so that's a big chunk right there they're damaging every time we c- and then every time we cut down trees what do these trees do? They take in carbon dioxide and give off oxygen. That's another 20% right there. So you got 20%, 40%, 60% is what we're doing to the earth. The other 40% is what we're doing to the earth in form of yeah, the pollution that we're doing. Okay. So the topsoil is really really important. You uh, I I I have I can't ex- express to you how often I go to a person's home so I do consultation. I go to a home and they and they say, "I these trees are dying. What's wrong with them?" And I go, "Um, well, you have no topsoil. When was the last time you brought any topsoil, any compost? When was the last time you rocked out compost and mulch?" The gardeners don't know what I'm talking about. So you need topsoil. You need to bring in the topsoil and keep the, figure out ways to keep the topsoil, keep the topsoil alive. You do much better, and if you protect the topsoil, it'll, it'll go through climate change much better than if it didn't have any topsoil or didn't have any kind of protection of whatever topsoil you do have. So a compost is very, very important aspect of this, as well as mulching. Uh, here in a, here in Southern California, we use azalea gardenia mix because it's an acid mix, which helps to keep the pH down. Remember, clay soil has an alkaline pH, which tends to destroy a variety of different microbiologics that we need. Okay, so uh, moving on to uh, the refractometer diary. okay so this next part is called the refractometer diary so i'm not really sure when i started using a refractometer i know that um, i was hip to the fact that uh, when you go shopping because i would go shopping with my mom and that um, I remember my mom. Well, she would get in trouble initially, and eventually the grocer figured out a way to deal with it. But she would go and say, um, you know, take a a knife and cut a piece out of a tomato and go, mm, not not good enough. Oh, right, sweet enough. Eventually the grocer said, here, here's a piece for you, and he would leave the pieces out. And, I, and my mom says, there's no good if you leave the pieces out for more than a couple of hours because then the taste changes. So you have to basically cut up the fresh ones and they didn't like doing that too much but it, it was really good for customers they liked that but the basic idea was is you look for the sweet fruit it's that way in nature you want to eat something bitter you want to eat something sweet usually bitter means toxic to you you don't, you leave that alone something sweet you want to eat it and so um i i, I was aware that um, um of that aspect of things um i even started uh, doing a um radionics, uh, and it's not really radionics, it's really more of using a pendulum to determine <laughs> if the food you want. Because I remember early on, I would be trying different things. You know, I, when I go with my, with my parents and sometimes they send me out by myself and I would try to figure out. And it, and and I said, but well, there must be a way to do it without eating it <laughs> to some extent. You know, you can look at it and so forth, you know. Uh, and then it's the same thing with I carry that over to the garden because when the tomato, I would have to decide when the tomato was ready to pick. A lot of times it just fall off in your hand, but you can also look at it and determine by the looks. And you also can determine by the looks of the plant and the fruit if it's healthy or not by the certain colors that they gave. Uh, and then I remember reading somewhere about that they give off the uh, how uh, you can determine uh, uh, through a form of refractometer that you look at the stars and that you can determine the planet, the composition of it by the different light that it gets broken into, right? Different uh, different elements have different lights, and I said, oh, that must." I p- uh, wonder if that works for plants, and so I, I I think the whole idea came about. I was starting. I did radio show. Well, I did a radio show in the service, Armed Forces Radio Show. You're listening. This is KNDY, your home of the good guys. That was my. <clears throat> not th- not quite that though. You're listening to KNDY, home of the good guys. That's that was my radio sh- DJ show in the service. Then when I got out of the service, I, I I've always been doing a show like this. Um, in those days, you had to physically go to the studio. By those days, it w- it was not too long ago that I was doing that. I think it was maybe two up to two thousand, somewhere in that area. Maybe even sooner than that, I was still going out to uh, do my radio shows at the brick-and-mortar studios. but uh, So I've always been doing this type of shows myself, my own shows. And so I, I talk a lot about it, you know, uh, different aspects of the refractometer, with the skies and stuff. And somewhere along the line, somebody calls me up, says, I was listening to your show, and I think it was Leica, the, the, the camera. Well, they also make instruments, and they also make different types of refractometers. And so he sent me a refractometer, which I don't have right in front of me right now, but that was really cool. And it was like a ten thousand dollar unit. And I said, "You're kidding, ten thousand dollars for this?" And he said, "Well, I can write it off, and it's, and you can always mention a name, which I do to this day." <laughs> and, and it's really it's an analog refractometer. I have uh, three refractometers. I have. Uh, I went on eBay. And I bought the cheapest refractometer I can buy. was $35. I also bought a digital refractometer, which was $300. And, of course, I had my $10,000 unit. All three, by the way, will give you exact the same numbers. So that means that's interesting. I bought one for a beer, which was $35. Because, you know, refractometer is used in the wine and beer industry. So if you make your own beer, you have to use a refractometer to see how... If you're you're doing it right, same thing with wine. Um, And then it's also used in the juice industry, whether it be apple juice or or orange juice, right? Um, So I started using, so I I, I still do, that's why I got the refractometer diary, because you basically, what you do is you do it, you start a diary. You say, today I checked on this tomato plant, and you name the tomato plant and the number or whatever way you want to, you know, remember that particular plant. And you say, uh, so I started with, of course, the usual thing, the the fruit. So I get a tomato plant, tomato, and I would squeeze a tomato onto the refractometer and read the, do the reading. And I decided to do a reading throughout the life of the tomatoes to see were the refractometer, the brick level, that's why it's called bricks, B-R-I-X level, was that. I found that different varieties, uh, in those days, too, I was not, you know, I don't, even remember if I was buying, uh, well in the 70s, I think I started maybe doing uh Rodale, start maybe ordering, there's no way you can buy organic heirloom seeds at that time in the store. So somewhere along this, in the 70s, I started getting hip to the the different companies that were selling uh, these organic seeds and so forth. And I found there's a big difference between organic tomatoes, uh seeds and conventionally grown tomato seeds the conventionally one will, of course, be uh, always have the low BRICS level and, of course, be uh, uh, get attacked by one pest or one other disease, whereas these other tomatoes, uh, heirloom tomatoes, start off with the ability to absorb the minerals and nutrition, the root systems work and the genes are working, everything's working fine, yeah, and they get high BRICS level. And so uh, I started, I, I expanded from there, I say, say, say well... I should be studying the whole plant because I I was basically doing the tomato, right? So I would take the tomato leaf, measure that. Ooh, certain level of bricks reading. Take the flowers, read that. And reading is really very easy. uh, If you do the tomato stuff, it's got its own liquid and juice. If you want to do the leaf, you basically can crush it. You get a motor, a pestle and motor. You put it in there and you crush, 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 crush. You get enough juice out of the green chlorophyll in there you put that on the refractometer you read it same thing with the flower i learned some things are really really super dry so i would take uh, distilled water put a drop in of distilled water in the pistol squeeze squeeze squeeze, you know grind it up till i get a little little paste out of it put that on the refractometer uh, so different varieties will give you different readings on top of that you get different readings throughout the year so if you do so i expanded it not just to vegetables because you know they're short-lived and everything, what so you can Use them on vegetables. You can use it. I expanded and I started doing lawns. I said, hey, what, the, what the, I wonder what the reading of a lawn is, right? And I said, gee, I wonder what the reading of a rose is or then trees. So they all have different levels when they're functioning up and they're healthy, see? And a tree, for example, would vary throughout the year, of course, because if, during the springtime, the recycling of the tree is much more together than in the wintertime. So the bricks level would vary. And then I also started studying, okay, how is it different between the BRICS level of a, a conventionally grown pl- plant and an organically grown plant? And I, I, I studied that for a long time, and, and you find very interesting similarities, but there's a big difference, you know? Uh, and then, for example, high nitrogen will give a, a false reading of a high BRICS level, but it'll come down really, really fast. And also, too, a lot of times the... the uh, the fertilizer will have some type of trace mineral in it, so the more trace minerals they have, the better bricks level you'll get. The problem is, is that in the difference between the organic sources of nitrogen and chemically conventionally sources of nitrogen, the, the minerals should be the same, except that sometimes the the way that you deliver it, they're delivered. If you if you buy a chemical fertilizer and you look at how the manufacturer made got, where it got the trace minerals from, if they're naturally made or the attitude added to it or they're man-made and they're added to it there's a big difference in the results just like the, you know when I, I was in school there was I would say the same thing there's a difference between chemically conventionally conventional sources of nitrogen and organic natural sources of nitrogen i.e urea it's a big difference uh, 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 urea and urine are different but yet they both have nitrogen the urea is forty-five percent zero zero, whereas the urine may have two or three or, f- or four percent nitrogen. Plus, it have a variety of other trace minerals and other microbes in it that the urea does not have. And remember, I tell people that the higher the high sort high nitrogen is it inhibits the absorption of minerals. And so, learn to use a refractometer. Learn to to see what the measurement is on my website. is a re- free uh, bricks. Sh- uh, e-books you can get which gives you the veg- readings of, of the vegetables uh, I, I'm starting to work on one for which gives you the readings of everything from plants to other things as well so learn to use that that will help you to determine if you're doing the right thing with your plants okay so that's and then I, 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 uh, I want to talk a little bit about trees and waters as I, as I said before you know that we are over watering our trees you look around, you see trees are are no, nobody around, and they're doing really, really well. I hear in Southern California, they get the fog, or whenever it rains, nobody touches them, and the trees are doing great. Think about it. Okay, so if you're watering your trees on a weekly basis, no-no. On a daily basis, definitely no-no. I know one lady's watering every day her, her property. She figures that the trees uh, will get the lawn watering, and they water the lawn every day. That's a no-no. Of course she's going to have problems. Okay, uh, so... Uh, remember the Inner Gardening, this uh, song that uh, that you're, I'm playing that, uh, for you today, um, Cosmic uh, Answering Service, it's part of the Inner Gardening music that I, I do. I do uh, several songs a week. Members will get this song automatically, or if you're subscribed, you get the song too. If you want to just get the uh, the music, it's $2 a month for Inner Gardening uh, music, Inner Gardening podcast. So you should just go to the website and look for podcast Inner Gardening. Uh, If you're not getting the newsletter, first of all, you're a member not getting getting the newsletter, there's something wrong, uh, so you need to contact me. And if you're not a member and you're not getting the newsletter, it's probably because you didn't sign up for the newsletter. So you go to invisiblegardener.com, sign up to receive the newsletter. Click on the contest box as well, okay? And when you click on the contest box, You'll get a contest information. But here's here's a, here's a secret. I'm not going to tell anybody else. This is the only time I'm going to tell it to you. It's that if you mention this show and you mention that Andy said that I would give you a free lifetime membership if I should mention it, all you have to do is say, I would like to get that free lifetime membership, please, as you mentioned on your radio show. And I will send you a link back that says, Hey, you won? And you get the free lifetime membership. Get all my books uh, for free. Otherwise, if you want to support us, $20 for a lifetime. Okay, so uh, that's it for today. Thank you very much for li- listening to... Oh, yeah, I forgot one more thing. The Don't panic, it's organic. My new book is out. I do have some print version of it, but I decided to uh, stop the printing, you know, stop the press. I'm changing it. I'm going through... Uh, I, ha- I have a whole new bunch of editors and editorial services and so forth that uh, Amazon is going to be doing for me, so they're going to go through the whole book. Redesign, it's going to be eight and a half by 11. A new print version is coming out. You will get the ebook version. The current ebook version now members can get it, uh, and the general public can get it. As a matter of fact, the current ebook version is free. All you have to mention is that you send, e- uh, go to up, op- you sign up for the newsletter. You in the in the in the comments you say I was, I'm not interested in anything, but send me my free ebook. I don't panic, it's organic. I'll send you that. No problem. Uh, uh, it's up to print version 101. It's a uh, version 101, so you, it has gone through a lot of changes. Uh, it, the new version should be out within the next month or so, I hope. Right, and that'll be the print version of it as well. So thank you very much for listening to my show. show. And if you have any questions, just send it to Andy Lopez at InvisibleGardener.com. Take care now, and here is uh, Cosmic Answering Service. Bye.